Hello everybody and welcome back to Quinton Quarantino. Now today we have a very special episode for you because we haven't quite managed to get Django recorded yet. So instead, for May the 4th <coughs> month, if I don't get this out in time, we are doing The Phantom Menace. Now when I say we, I mean me and maybe some of our normal hosts if they show up later, like the eponymous Phantom Menaces. I still, I, I don't know who the Phantom Menace is from that film, so it could, it could, it could just as easily be them. But we have a, oh, you might have just heard a little whisper there from him, a close friend of mine who is a professional podcast editor, makery person, and who is a massive Star Wars fan. Um, his name is Freddy. Yeah. Hi. Wow. That's from a professional Sorry. there. <laughs> that's a professional speaking. That's how you do it. Yeah. Thankfully, I'm not a host. No, that's true. You bet you're behind the scenes mostly, aren't you? Mostly, yeah. Yeah. Except for our, our ill-fated early podcast attempts. Uh, you never know. Something might come out of that. <laughs> One day. <laughs> One day. <laughs> yeah, so what is, you're, you're a bit of a Star Wars Star Wars fan, aren't you? I I, I would say so, yeah. I yeah. consider myself a bit of a Star Wars fan. No, I, I, I mean, my dad showed it to me as a kid, so mm. it's pretty much always been there. Did you see Sif in the cinemas? Because that would have been the first one you no, were old enough No, you know to what? See. I didn't actually see Revenge of the Sith in the cinema. I didn't see a Star Wars in the cinema until the 3D release of this in, I think, 2012. And then right. obviously the uh, the new trilogy. Did you not see the Clone Wars movie, which I think came out before that? I didn't see that in cinema, no. I, did. I don't know why I didn't see it in cinema, because <laughs> I was a I, massive Clone Wars fan. I don't know why I did, because I hadn't seen the Clone Wars or indeed any Star Wars. I well, went with, do you know what, I'll tell you who I went with, but I'll bleep out their name. I went with <laughs> to see that movie. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> it's the only Star Wars movie I'd then ever seen until the day The Force Awakens came out when I watched um, all of them. <laughs> well, not the prequels, not the prequels, because of course I haven't seen the prequels until I watched The Phantom Menace for this. But I thought you hadn't really seen the originals either. No, I have seen the original, except for New Hope, which I've, I think I've fallen, I've watched like three times and I've fallen asleep every time because it's, you know, boring. You've not seen the first um, movie. Not, not, I've seen it in like three chunks, but the other bits were asleep. If, if it wants to not me not fall asleep, that's the sentence. If it wants me not fall asleep, if it wants me not fall asleep, more exciting it should be. I'm just impressed that you fell asleep in A New Hope and not The Phantom Menace. Yeah, well, I did watch The Phantom Menace in three chunks as well. Oh, uh, yeah. But to be I can't say that. I I finished it before we started yeah. this. <laughs> no, so we're going to do, we're doing the typical quarantino, going through the plot of the film and talking about it and joking about it. Uh, but we start by talking about who the cast are for the film. A couple of them, you got obviously Liam Neeson as Qui-Gon Jinn, Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi, who I only realised was like Obi-Wan Kenobi and not Obi-Wan, Obi-2, Obi-3 Kenobi. I didn't didn't know that uh, natalie portman as padme amidala uh, kira knightley as and natalie portman as different characters kira knightley natalie portman queen amidala's dub- double you got uh uh-oh jake lloyd as anakin skywalker um jake lloyd is obviously quite a sad tale um he was bullied so much he retired from acting uh diagnosed with schizophrenia um you know and, uh, he's i think he's is he i'm not sure if he's in prison I th- I think he might. He's be. in. I think he's in a psychiatric. He's having psychiatric he's, treatment for schizophrenia. Yeah. I believe it, it's sad, but like hopefully he gets the help he needs. Mm. Uh, but also, you know, he did. He did. One well, of the things he did get done for was dangerous driving. 
the question is when he was doing his dangerous driving did he shout now this is pod racing at least he didn't try spinning <laughs> oh my god he does a barrel roll uh, Ian McDermott as as uh, Palpatine sorry uh, Senator Palpatine as the Emperor I mean apparently he's the Phantom Menace which he is the Phantom Menace yeah he's not really is he I guess because he only well, appears like a hologram Darth Sidious but still well Darth Sidious yes but Palpatine appears a bit more yeah but then Palpatine isn't the Phantom Menace because he's the physical menace no, he's the Phantom Menace because he's not being a physical menace to them. He's working in the scenes. But he's physically like present. That's not what phantoms he's, do. He's, fi- he's physically present, but he's not a physical menace. That's not is what he? a phantom he's not, he's is. A phantom that's the hiding in the shadows the- menace. He's not a ghost yet. <laughs> he's not a ghost, but he's like an evil force. He's not a clone. Watching over them. <laughs> yet. Manipulating everything in the background. I think he was better in Rise of Skywalker. Oh. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, he he probably is because he's just having a ball. <laughs> he gets to say anyway, all his best we, lines. We can get to Rise of Skywalker. Oh well, the thing this movie is like equally rated to Rise of Skywalker, I think, on average scores or something. And actually, yeah. I think it, there's some ways to sort of reflection to each other. I actually think it, this is a better movie than Rise of Skywalker I think because even though it's movie. sort of more boring in some ways, it's way less about building on like sort of nerd rage and you know it's trying to do something new whereas it, Rise it, of Skywalker it, it is about it fails just... at trying to be a movie whereas yeah. Rise of Skywalker is a set piece to cap off a saga and, yeah, and make just... money not articulating it well but yeah I mean no one surely could be cross at us for slugging off Rise of Skywalker surely I don't think so I think <laughs> surely. if we attempt I mean, to defend the Phantom angry. Menace maybe it's the one thing people who like The Last Jedi and didn't like The Last Jedi can agree on is that we all hate the Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Uh, Ahmed Best um, as Jar Jar Binks, who obviously got robbed. Uh, people were horrible to him, and it's not his fault, <laughs> this film. No. Uh, and he does a good job with what he has. Although, did you know, I just want to know if you knew this this piece of trivia, Freddie. Are you aware of who was lined up for Jar Jar Binks before Ahmed Best? I know that Michael Jackson campaigned yes. for Yes, Michael Jackson. It wasn't that he was lined up. George didn't want him. But no, we, George it. Lucas, I'm fairly sure, I read something where George Lucas introduced Michael Jackson as Jar Jar Binks to someone behind the scenes. Or maybe George actually, didn't, maybe George, George said he didn't want Ahmed it because he to didn't Michael Jackson. Want. Oh, he might have done that. Yeah, no, yeah, I think he, he did. did that way. Yeah, I mean, so I, that makes more sense. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Jackson wanted to do it in prosthetics was part of it and George Lucas didn't want that. He didn't want a big star like Michael Jackson in the movie. Oh my and God. Yeah, it's turned out better like, in hindsight, hasn't it? Um... Anthony Daniels as C-3PO. He's only Always. voicing him because it's like a puppet. Yeah. Um, where they sort of did it. It's Industrial Light and Magic. Is that Henson? No. Oh, okay. No, George Lucas set up ILM. Oh, I don't know. There you go. This is why I have this man for the expert. You've got <laughs> either an actual robot, CGI, or Kenny Baker as R2-D2. Uh, I find it weird they did all three. Apparently Kenny Baker was in the scenes where R2-D2 just a rock back and forth. Yeah, I think there's some stuff that they can't quite get the like the RC version to do, so yeah. they just put anyway, Kenny Baker in. There's loads more people. There's Penilla August, there's Shmi Skywalker, um, spell SMI on Disney Plus's subtitles, and there's loads more people. I won't go into all of them, but you know, you've obviously got Frank Oz in there as as a puppet CGI, um, Warwick Davis Yoda, um, Samuel Jackson, oh, yeah. Mace <laughs> Windu. Yeah, Warwick Davis is in this. Warwick Davis in this, a couple no, of characters, I think. He, he is. I think but he's the little shot. Greedo, isn't he, as well? Uh, he might be, yeah. yeah. He plays Weasel in the pod racing scene. Yeah, you where, can see his face. Um, 
Um, he's then... with um, he's next to bloody Watto, isn't he? He's he's with Jabba, I think. Is it Jabba? No, he's oh, up maybe there he's, on like Jabba's well. bit. There's also there's also a, one of his where he's got like pointy ears and like a scar. Oh yeah, the, Evan Peel. Stalls. Um, I think he's with. So Watto. there's there's a shot of Yoda walking down a ramp off a ship, uh, and they had to get a Yoda walking down a ramp. So it's Warwick Davis in a Yoda costume, and if you like stop and look at it, it looks atrocious. Um. Also, you've got Ray Park and obviously Peter Serafinovitz as Darth Maul. The the role I'm most interested in uh, is um, so okay. Lots and lots of people, including the uh, the racist Trade Federation aliens, uh, are voiced. I don't think played by physically, but voiced by uh, Silas Carson, who voiced the Ood in Doctor Who and still does voice the Ood in Doctor Who as recently as the most recent series. Hmm. Nice. Uh, so, you know, I I was amazed. He also he plays he's physically there as well. He plays um the the penis headed uh, Jedi. Penis headed. The, the the Jedi that looks like he's oh, got what, a long head. Mundi. Uh, yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> <laughs> Brian Blessed is also in this amazingly as Boss Nass, and I can't tell it's him actually. <laughs> no, I didn't know. <laughs> Jar Jar's alive. <laughs> Got that peaked so hard, oh my god. Uh, and with that beautiful cast summary out of the way, we can just start on the movie, Freddie, unless you have anything um, you want to say about this? Not not before we start, let's no, let's okay, get in, we'll see what comes up. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll leave the, the scoring for the end, I've got one thing to say, which probably say, uh, as we might have alluded to, lots of stereotypes in this film, um, and we don't think George Lucas deliberately... Well, not, not deliberately, but it was him. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, he, he made this movie and there's a load of stereotypes, so that's his fault. Uh, yeah. But yeah, basically you can write papers on this stuff. <laughs> and people oh, have. Hmm. Um, it got a Razzie for Worst Screen Couple for Jake Lloyd and Natalie Portman, and that is pretty fucking oh, weird, Oh, what? Razzies. You can't give a They're child. children. You can't yeah. fucking do that. Razzies, that's what the weird. fuck? <laughs> Come on now, that's weirder than the film. It's not. Okay. <laughs> right. Let's go. Right, let's do it. Let's do it. 32 years for the events of... Oh, I'm using the Wikipedia summary, I should say, because yep. I was too lazy to write my own. 32 years for the events of Star Wars A New Hope, which you don't know. It doesn't say that in the, in the, in the crawl. It's really loud. And these well, letters... we know are, it's time before. A flight. That's true. Well, I didn't. Well, no, I did. I didn't know. I mean, Obi-Wan is have. a young man. Oh, that makes me... I thought, it was t- I thought he'd regenerated. Uh, he has changed face. He, he has uh, changed body. face. So, yeah, so the, the opening text scroll that tells us that there's a dispute between the Trade Federation and the Galactic Republic that's led to Naboo being uh, blockaded. And so Supreme Chancellor Finis Valorum, Star Wars, why? Uh, leader of the Galactic Senate has secretly, it's not that secret because we're seeing it, dispatched two Jedi Masters, no, two Jedi, Master Qui-Gon Jinn, played by, uh, played by Obi-Wan Kenobi, played by um, Liam Neeson, and his Padawan, Obi-Wan Kenobi, to serve as the ambassadors. And they've gone to this Federation flagship to meet with the Viceroy. And that's that's pretty much what it says in the opening text crawl, right? Yep. Uh, it talks about taxation and stuff, which is obviously, yeah, that's I'm sure. I imagine sitting in the cinema and the opening text crawl mentions, says the word taxation in it. And you surely some Star Wars fans got to be like, what? Yeah. Ta- ta- taxes? In, it, this is my first Star Wars movie in like a decade, right? When was when was um when was Return of the Jedi? Eighty three. This is my first Star Wars movie in sixteen years. In a Natalie what? Portman. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why we measure time. Um, 
and and it starts with taxes. I did think though. I do want to know, Feli. Can you tell me something? Are have there been like an in-universe explanation for the opening text scroll? Or what you mean? Like, is the opening text in universe? Is the opening text? Well, you, kn- been, you know, it's not. <laughs> or anything? Has the opening text ever been like? You know, has anyone ever crashed a ship into the opening text? Or no. no? Okay, has but like the theme tune exists in the Star Wars universe. So why? I can't... think that's more of an Easter egg than a. Than okay, but it, 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 so there's never been like projected yellow letters into the sky or something in a comic that you know of, anything like that. Not as far as I'm aware. No, because that, that's something I... If I was ever going to get to write a Star Wars comic, which seems unlikely... The evil cosmic alphabet. <laughs> She's like, Star Wars is bad. Ha 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 ha. You can't stop me. I have control of the alphabet. And they'll have to stop the, the typewriter. Emperor um, Alphabetine. <laughs> as, as they approach the Trade Federation headquarters... Headquarters? Flagship, whatever. We see, like, the, the racist Viceroy, um, whose name is Newt Gunray... <laughs> who's talking with is he talking with Darth Sidious there uh what I think he calls Darth Sidious doesn't he once he finds out there's Jedi he's ordered um the Trade Federation to invade Naboo and also to kill the Jedi when they arrive and I think the spaceship I actually think it looks really good it's Star Wars doing spaceships Star Wars which one the um I think both I think the Trade Federation ship and I actually think the the little flyer they enter in looks really good oh yeah 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 well I mean the Definitely the smaller one, the red one, is a practical model. I'm pretty yeah. sure that the Luca Hulk, the, the command ship is, but I can't specifically remember, but I'm pretty sure. That, I, I like the design uh, of both. They're just Star Wars has fun spaceship design, so... Yeah. the <laughs> We see the droids, they, so they, they land in the in the bay of this, this flagship and get led to a meeting room. We see all the droids for the first time. They look like they're from a bug's life. I understand it was 1999 and the CGI wasn't that good, but they look hilarious. I don't know. One of the droids also a C. He's not a C3PO. What's it? Where's what's he? Protocol droid. Yeah, a protocol droid, voiced by Lindsay Duncan off of Sherlock and Doctor Who. And you see Obi Wan's horrible hair. This little rat tail he has, which is like a Jedi thing, which I hate. At the end of the film, Anakin has one. (laughs) Poor Jake Lloyd. Must he? Must he suffer even more indignities? Well, that one wouldn't have been for too long, at least. They actually had to film that scene. Uh, they filmed that scene right at the start and then said, no, we'll just CGI out. the. We have to keep it because we need to film it again at the end. So we'll CGI out uh, the rat tail. So you have to have it for the whole time of filming. And that doesn't sound any stupid on some of the decisions they did make during this film. So yeah, um, you see lots of desks and trade talks and the Jedi are left in... A extremely chrome room. Although, sorry, no, they're not. The, the room isn't chrome, but the robot is very chrome. The protocol droid, and she brings in yeah. like the chromiest tray in the universe. And so they've been locked. They've been left in this negotiating room. You know, they think they're going to get a meeting, right? And then what's actually happened is that uh, the Trade Federation aliens have ordered them to be killed uh, first with po- no, first poison gas, right? Yep. How do they not die from that? They just yeah they they don't really show it do they they later show that they've got the um the rebreathers Respirators, yeah they have to swim in the water so in the Gungan. possibly that but then they don't show it earlier so I guess they just hold <laughs> their breath that's maybe Jedi are immune to poison super breath holding I think they can they can you know hold it off for a bit but one would imagine that in a room full of poison gas that's a bit yeah. harder and, uh, to be fair they don't leave them in there for that long it's like I mean... ten seconds with the doors closed they just. <laughs> 
left them closed <laughs> for an hour. They're just too eager. The droids are too too eager for the kill. So they they fail to poison them with poison gas, and then they also blow up the ship, murdering the pilot. Mm-hmm. And they sort of battle through the corridors of this space station, eventually finding Gunray, the viceroy, who's hiding behind some blast doors. This is the first time we see kind of Jedi fighting in this film. I think, Freddy, and you can disagree with me here, that this looks like like bowling alley animations. What the like Jedi? when the droids are being knocked and no, when like when the droids are like attacked with a lightsaber and the droids mm. all fall over. I think it looks like when you get a strike. Well, you gotta think one, as we said before, it's ninety nine but... and CGI at the time, but also actors just didn't act against cg at the time that's the thing it looks so weird people that people didn't have experience acting against stuff that wasn't there no but it's it's still you know oh no 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 i i I agree nowadays it looks like trash but again like for what they could do at the time fair enough this this is this is the fight we wanted what you mean that very first one at the beginning yeah because the fight later the fight with um between uh, Darth Maul is fantastic with Darth Maul. Well, but they're fighting a real person. I know, exactly. (laughs) It just looks so... I know we live in 23 years in the future, but it must... I I don't think I'd have been impressed with it then. I mean, I would. I was one. I think you would have. I'd loved it as a kid and I couldn't tell the difference. Well, you know, I I don't know. I think I just need like good CGI for my my. This content. is the Doctor like in, Who, fan. like in series one of Doctor <laughs> Who, like the st- like um the Slivine. Oh or... yeah, there's some great. Hey, listen, some of the CGI in Doctor Who now is amazing. It's just 20... all the CGI from before 2015 Years that's later? not good. Um, so they're now. St- I think this is when the Viceroy orders an invasion army to be sent to Naboo. Mm. They're cutting through the blast doors with their lightsabers to get at the Viceroy. Yeah. And this is when we see a get a proper look at him for the first time. I mean, we know we know by this point already, we knew immediately, but um he is these these aliens are the first racial caricature we get in the film, I think it's fair to say, which is a sort of a Asian. Yeah. It it's it's not just it's not just the physical look and the clothing, which is uh I'd say it's the voice more than anything. If it was just the voice, but the aliens look like Slimer from Ghostbusters, you might be able to ignore it. Or if it was, if they were like less humanoid, or if it was just the look and no voice. You but but it's just both together because the voice is very clearly uh, Silas Carson doing yeah, it. It's a, I mean when when we get on to when we get on to Watto, I feel like it would be <laughs> a very similar thing. But if it was just the voice yeah. or just the appearance, I feel like it wouldn't be considered as much Definitely. of a thing. Um, so two big boy droids, as I'm going to call them. Uh, break through into the meeting where they're holding the viceroy, and so they, the Jedi, flee as as the invasion begins. Now, I don't. Apparently, they get onto some landing craft to do that. They sneak Does onto one of the droid the ships. Yeah, yeah. They sneak onto one of the dro- onto the droid ships. That's how they get down to the Maybe surface. Maybe I just passed out because I didn't remember that. And so when it just cuts to him just being in the forest later, I was just That's like, because he jumped off the ship he, like teleported no but i i didn't i missed him getting into the the escape now the real question is would a droid ship like that which was have oxygen. manned by droids yeah and uh, transporting droids would that have an airlock would it have oxygen yeah, well, but droids, we're not going to think about that it's just on the off chance that one of the droids was made of meat <laughs> we don't know that there are meat droids in star wars what cyborgs 
No. Droids there's no, there's no robot meat. bit. There's no robot bit. It's just meat, but it's a robot. Yeah, that's it's a like bit a, grotesque. It's like a meat film. robot. Sorry, you're going to talk about grotesque film, things in a kid's film while watching this movie. <laughs> um, there's uh, I, It's a bit grotesque for a kid's film. Should have been the fucking tagline for this. <laughs> it's no way that's what uh, Darth Maul... George Lucas asked the guy that designed him, he's like, draw your nightmare. And he did. And he showed it to George Lucas. George Lucas said, that's too scary. Draw your second worst nightmare. <laughs> yeah, so then the trade viceroy then gets a call from Queen Amidala, right, who's the queen of Naboo. And, you know, the se- the, the trade aliens kind of try to argue that this is allowed by the Senate. Is that is that right? Which seems yeah. like a, a baller strategy, considering that, you know, she could also call the Senate. Or are they yeah, blocking their communications? There's a very weird thing with the whole Senate bit where she's tr- saying that they're invading the planet and he says, you have no proof. <laughs> and it's like, you, you're literally having video yeah. calls throughout the film. Surely I someone mean, can take a photo or something. Yeah, but nothing like this could ever happen in real life where someone's very clearly invading somewhere and someone else says, no, uh, we're not. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, I, yeah. I, you know a, couple, you know, a couple months ago, maybe we'd have been like, this is ridiculous. Right. Right, okay, so after they have this weird dispute, they disable all the communications on the boot, which is how the boot yeah. can't contact the Senate. I didn't realise. Okay, so Gunray, um, which is a stupid name, uh, stops uh, Naboo from being able to communicate, so they can't tell the Senate that they're being invaded. This this makes a lot of sense. I totally missed like the a, cu- a couple of lines that explain half the film. So then it cuts back to Amidala sitting down again. There's so much sitting in this film. For like an yep. action movie, this film is 90% sitting. That's probably a bit harsh. 80% sitting. <laughs> so she's talking with Sheev Palpatine, full name. Um, so the hologram turns off. You then get the governor, C.O. Bibble, <laughs> the governor of Naboo, saying that this is a sign the invasion has begun. And now we see the invasion beginning. And like, I get it. I get it. The CGI. But do they really need to do CGI trees? Hmm. Uh, the Lego games looked better than the CGI. <laughs> and now, as the, the ships land, we get to Qui-Gon Jinn running through the forest. And who should wander in the path of a giant <laughs> warship but everyone's favourite, Jaren's Jaren's Bonks. That's him. Okay, Jar Jar Binks, Freddy. What, what do you think about Jar Jar Binks? Uh, to be honest, at this point, I don't care. I mean, I, I first watched them as a kid, so he didn't bother me much then. It was more as I grew up, but I think, you know, over 20 years later, I'm pretty fine with Jar Jar. He's got his issues, definitely. Um, <laughs> Do you mean like, in, in t- you mean in terms of conceit, but also in the film, he has many issues. Um, well, well, yeah. He's he's effectively fatally clumsy. <laughs> Is effectively the issue, but it's not just towards bucket. himself. I mean, he's um, played by Armored Best. He talks, Misa talk like this. So it's incredibly annoying that, particularly in the Lego game, actually, I found that the Gungans made me want to bash my head in the wall. They're so <laughs> unbelievably annoying. I hate them. And also, we've, he's another stereotype because the voice, again, is like sort of a weird, distorted, like patois, I think it is, like Jamaican patois. And it kind of is playing on, like, African tribes. It's definitely which is playing on the concept not, of that indigenous group. Yeah, which is not not good. Jorans Lucas. Yeah. Don't worry, next, the next really bad stereotype doesn't happen for ages. <laughs> so it's okay. 
Then, having rescued Jar Jar Binks, and some, some would say he should have been left to die, Obi-Wan Kenobi and Jar Jar Binks head to the Gungan underwater settlement of Otto Gunga, where, but not before Jar Jar Binks says, oh, I can't go there because I've been exiled and they'll kill me if I return, <laughs> I believe. Uh, and then is almost <laughs> immediately... Also, he's banished because he almost burst the dome and almost killed all of them by being incompetent. And I love he's so quickly convinced to go back. Well, he's a, he's a simple mind. Do you notice when Obi-Wan sees Jar Jar, he doesn't say who's this, he says, what's this? Yeah. <laughs> Which could well, have been when, that. When um, Qui-Gon comes back later, Obi-Wan goes, have you picked up another pathetic life form? Yeah, Referring to Anakin. Say that as well. <laughs> oh my God. Obi-Wan. I think that's very not Obi-Wan Kenobi. I think that's him playing Alec Guinness. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's a Star Wars fan, is he? Another pathetic life form. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, Jar Jar Binks in design and in obviously CGI-ness but still in design looks like some sort of fucking car mascot like the Geico Gecko or something yeah it's not it's not the best design <laughs> anyway they progress through and Star Wars listen Star Wars has fades I understand that's how Star Wars the seed position this, this one really does look like it was made in PowerPoint oh what the wipes and everything there's just so many all the time yeah but it's, I mean, you know, it's stylistic at this point. It's done. I know to replicate the serials that he liked. So no, I mean, definitely, like it's, it's stylistic. I think just it's just after like a certain number of them, I was starting to be like, I wish I like I they became very noticeable. But I get that it's like part of the aesthetic. Yeah, no, I mean, if you don't like it, you don't like it. I don't like it after there's been a certain number. I think at the start, no, fair, I quite liked fair. it. There are a lot. Yes, I, as in, I, I think it's more like for having less. Less but longer scenes, maybe. Which, actually, as I, I'm saying that in the Phantom Menace, maybe not actually. <laughs> longer scenes. <laughs> yeah, you don't want longer scenes in the Phantom Menace. <laughs> longer trade debates. Yeah. So, meanwhile, in the capital of the human capital of Naboo, feed uh, all the government, including Queen Amidala, are being captured by the the Federation. We cut back to Otagunga, where Jar Jar Binks hasn't been executed on sight. Although he, I did get, he does get like shocked by Tarples, who, by the way, is Jar Jar Binks' old friend from the gang they used to be in, if you didn't know about that, Fanny. A gang? Jar Jar Binks, right, was at one point in a thievery gang, like Oliver Twist style, and Tarples was like the head of the gang. And then Tarples went and joined the military, and that's how we get Captain Tarples. Fair enough. Uh, I listen to a podcast on Jar Jar Binks. I listen to a podcast on Sebulba. Podcast on Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> and Sebulba. Um, I genuinely think that the Gungan City, this is when they're using the respirators to swim down before they get captured, it is, is be- it's really pretty, I think. I don't want to say beautiful, but I actually think for the CGI, I think it looks really good. The underwater stuff looks pretty good. I think it's, again, because a lot of it's in darkness. Yeah, it's the lighting, because the lighting actually is not bad well yeah you, th- you think a lot of the other stuff on naboo like the big battle at the end and that's in pure daylight oh, and my i mean god. that look, does look like we'll get to that oh my god um <laughs> we cut to the head of the gungans boss nass or anyone from monsters inc and this is when i get confused because he kind of seems to be referring to naboo the people on naboo as naboo yeah they they're referred to as the naboo but who are the so are the, are the other humans are the humany people on the planet are they colonists or are they also from Naboo I think you know they're colonists at some point but have obviously right. been there for a, a significant period of time and their their culture the people are a very called long, the Naboo a very very long time ago in a galaxy they're currently in <laughs> is what you're saying yes 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 
Um, I was reading, they also sort of talk about like symbiotic circle between the Gungan and the Naboo, and I don't, I don't understand. I think <laughs> it, they're just referring to them as needing each other to live. Do they though? Because these guys look pretty cool underwater, fine and happy. They do, but then they later refer to how if, you know, the Trade Federation invaded the surface, they would eventually come for the Gungans too. That's true, yeah. Um, okay, so Big Boss Nass refuses to help, despite these incredible arguments, and he sends them in, and again, this is one of those bits where, like, George, the sub- he sends them off in a submarine called a Bongo. George. Bongo submarine. George, can we just sit- George, it's pretty bad. It's bad. They then encounter lots of fish, the OPC killer and the Colo Clawfish, which was an entire level in the Lego game. Mm-hmm. Which you've played, have you played it's that? The fir- yeah, it's the first level that surprised me. Yeah, was it actually the first level? I thought it- Yeah, the first level is that underwater bit. Everything before that is the open world. Really are looking for shit to use for levels, aren't they? Because, <laughs> my God, that is a bad choice for the first level. And I can't help but think, obviously, it would have been hard to do. They're eaten by, like, they're sort of eaten by a giant, kind of long necked Godzilla thing that's called a Sando Aqua Monster. Um, but it, it's pretty fish. cool. It's quite a fun. What was that? I said there's always a bigger fish. There's always a bigger fish. Yeah. Uh, or in this case, there's always a bigger Sando Aqua Monster. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how they'd have done it, but this would have looked rad as puppets. Oh, well, yeah, but you know. Or a guy in a suit. Maybe the guy in a suit would have actually looked worse. <laughs> Either way, they do this submarine submarine time, magic school bus time, go through the fun little underwater caverns uh, with Jar Jar Binks, who's still there with them, and they get in feed, and honestly, this summary just skips straight to uh, they rescue Amidala. They get back to the surface, they sneak into Naboo, and then they jump down from a bridge and rescue Oh yeah, Amidala she's being escorted, aren't they? So it really yeah, is yeah. that quickly, actually. It is that quick. Um, yeah, okay, wow, okay, Forms. yeah, there you go. <laughs> anyway, it then cuts back to kind of the rest of the planet, being sort of waged war upon. I've written here, meanwhile, droids are waging war on the Windows XP home screen because it really looks... You know, it the, the really sort of rolling green It's hills just there. a flat it's... green plane. <laughs> it's like, yes, we must defend the verdant world, world of Naboo. Look at all these pixels. <laughs> Again, you could have just filmed in a field. They could have, but I imagine it was easier to just do it all in a CG environment, considering everything else was CG. Easy, maybe easier, but I can't imagine it would have been cheaper. Eh, I don't know. Because the CG was so expensive at the time, surely CGing in the back, or maybe that's why the background looks so shit, because it yeah, genuinely was probably. like, five. This well, was it's, what came... it's just nothing. <laughs> that's the background that came with the CGI software that they bought. <laughs> the demo world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like the demo disc. It's like um, it's like if you make some a game just out of default Unity assets. <laughs> they are going to leave, so they go to the hangar. That's right, isn't it? Yeah. Um. Yeah, they have all these droids, including Auto Dato. Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> I can only imagine in the in the cinema, <laughs> the Star Wars fans uh, immediately ejaculating as they saw saw their boy. But uh, I'm not going to cut that out. Anyway, so they take off to go to Coruscant, where the um, Galactic Council are, where the Senate are, where the Jedi Council are. But uh, they get damaged as they try to run the kind of the Trade Federation's blockade around it. Is that correct? They blow up a lot of their ships. Yeah, the ship gets it. We so when I was watching this, literally the first hit they take is apparently straight to the shield generator, and that's what goes down. And for yeah, 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 I do remember. But it's like, is with the shields that. up? How does the shield generator get hit immediately where the shields just not up? That's the only bit you can hit, though, because the shield generator is, is 
positioned outside of the shields for fairness. No, it's part of the body of the ship. The shield goes around the ship. It's because it's um, it's a video game. <laughs> so RCT fixes the shields. They manage to break the blockade, but their hyperdrive is damaged. So rather than spend, I imagine, 10,000 years moving back to Coruscant very slowly, they land on, I don't know, a little planet. I don't know if you've heard of it. Uh, Tatooine, Two Suns, Desert, some mozzies. <laughs> So they are looking for some parts, right? And what's cool is this is obviously this is now actually location. This isn't CGI. This is they did it again. Obviously, they've just gone back to like I don't know where they filmed it for a new home. Tunisia. Oh, Tunisia. Oh, is Tunisia here as well? Uh, I think so. I would have written it down, but I don't remember. Definitely um, in episode two and three. But the set, the main thing is the sets are still there. And scientists use them to measure the speed of movement of sand dunes because there's not very much else that like stays stationary in the desert. Um, and then it'll cut to like the Trade Federation people meeting with Darth Sidious again. And he's sitting in a chair to think, what happens if someone goes and sits in his hologram that's sitting in a chair? But whatever. And that's when he introduces Darth Maul or Darth, uh, Darth Costco. <laughs> 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 and I'll, I'll just add a fake laugh in there uh, <laughs> there you go I'll, I'll cut that so that, that laugh applies to oh, that bit yeah, if uh, you really can't want. stop me now we go back to Tatooine and this is oh god this is where so they're looking for the parts and they go to Mos Espa which is really cool and they go and they, to a junk dealer they go and they to meet a junk water. dealer to try and find someone and Liam Neeson's wearing a lovely comfy looking jumper uh, to hide the fact he's a Jedi. They leave Obi-Wan Kenobi on that ship and he's there for another hour of the film, <laughs> basically. Uh, and yeah. yes, they meet Watto. Oh, Watto. A small, hunched, big-nosed, money-obsessed, also really terrible-looking, just generally stereotype. Um, You know, you think the goblins in Harry Potter are anti-Semitic trope i mean these guys he is uh, what does he say when obi-wan tries to use mind tricks on him later like if... only money works on me <laughs> he says something like i'm that. not entirely sure what he says he says something like mind tricks don't work on me only i'm a whatever what's face what race is he toy darian that is he's a toy darian bye bye buy me <laughs> they're not even hiding the fact that these are created to sell merch are they yeah this is an action figure on so Toydarian, he says, I'm a Toydarian, the forces that work on me, only money works on me, or something like that. I mean, that's an oof, right? I mean, yeah, we've already said it about Jar Jar and, yeah, know, and the Trade but... Federation, but yeah, it's not a good movie for this. Uh, luckily, there's nothing else that's weird or upsetting about Watto. Oh no, there's slavery in Star Wars, and he owns them, and one of them is Anakin Skywalker, future space Hitler. Oh. <laughs> he is! Uh, I I would say the Emperor's future space. Okay, Hitler. he's f- what is he then? Future space Goebbels? No, either way, um, you know, future space, not the goodies. Yeah, not the goodies. To quote a Mitchell and Webb sketch, are we the baddies? Future, future space, are we the baddies? <laughs> um, anyway, Liam Neeson can't buy the parts because the public credits are worthless on Tatooine, which is just seems to me like such Scottish banknotes. <laughs> Anyway, so Anakin Skywalker, who of course will become draft order, is actually, I think, very cute. And I actually think Jake Lloyd plays him really well. I haven't uh, seen him in... Do you, I, do you agree? I, th- I think he's fine. I think he's at the 
same level as the majority of children acting in movies. You know, I think he's better than Natalie Portman. You mean this. what? In this, in, thi- in, this, in uh, this, I think they're about the same. She just doesn't move her face. Neither does um, Kira Knightley. Well, I think like for Kira Knightley's sake, it, place, it seems you know, like so. it might be just what they were going for with the Queen. But Natalie Portman, we see her, you know, being more normal than that throughout the film. Also, sometimes <laughs> normal also in heavy still, quotation marks. She still just goes, "Hello, Anakin. I think how are um, you today?" Like the she still majority of the time, all of the cast feel very stunted. It's just one Liam of the big problems of the film. He's good, always, always but still, a lot of his dialogue feels quite forced. I, and feels a bit know. awkward. I'd say he just kind of plays it better than most of them. He really wants to be there, though. That was the, like he really wanted to be there. He was really pleased. I don't know if he was pleased after the fact, but he was really pleased to be in Star Wars. I mean, I think a lot of people apparently are. he didn't read the script before. He just was like, "Yeah, Star Wars, okay." I can't really blame him if you were off no, the, no, the no, lead no, no, in no, no. the next Star oh, Wars. You just take knowing it, how you? Phantom Menace turns out. You don't not take the job in the Phantom Menace. Yeah. Surely, like even Rise of Skywalker, I don't think you don't take the job. Yeah, maybe you, you, like Star Wars, <laughs> you do Star Wars, but yeah. So Anakin and his mum Shmi are owned by Watto. Owned by Watto. <laughs> Did Star Wars need slavery? I don't think it needed slavery. I think they could have definitely told the story without him being a slave. But I think yeah. it does help further the. Uh descent into darkness it does with expanded material maybe it just feels very weird i mean we see slavery before that in star wars we Do see we? slavery in the original it's, it's trilogy. jabba's palace i know that, jabba's but... palace the ugnaughts on bespin they're slaves <laughs> so you're um... just making up words now what do you mean ugnaughts on bespin <laughs> and they all seem pretty like i understand there's like extra continuity stuff where Shmi's like you know trying to get out and stuff they seem pretty chill with it yeah, yeah, no, I, I was thinking that when I was watching it's it. It's really they're, weird. They're slaves, but, like, it's the most chilled slavery I've yeah, ever seen. Yeah, it's like, you can't leave, but, like, you know, you can talk back to I your mean, boss. I mean, there's still obviously things they can't do. Anakin, like, shit talks Watto's like, ah, go fuck yourself, you know, he doesn't give a shit. Well, I guess for all of Watto's faults, at least he's not <laughs> the worst slave owner. Compared to Jabba. That's tr- I mean, the thing I find, this is something I do like. Star Wars has a lot of organised crime, and I like that. <laughs> I like that about Star Wars. Right, later, Jabba is at the pod race. And I was like, would Jabba... I mean, Jabba isn't at the pod race. Jabba sent his CGI doppelganger to go to the pod race. But would Jabba actually go to the pod race? Yeah, Jabba it's doesn't attend race. the pod race. Is it his pod race? Is it not just a random pod race? It's the Boon to Eve pod race. I, I think of course. either he puts it on or he's involved with it to some capacity. But yeah, why wouldn't he go? It's like the royal family going it's like to Donald the, Trump the horse go- races. Yeah, but them. I was like, is it the royal, the royal family don't go to every horse race, though? They only go no, to but the they go to the big ones, which is, is what this one? is. This is the big right. one. Right. <laughs> I thought this was just some random... Why would you let an eight-year-old boy compete in the big one? <laughs> because it's run by a fucking <laughs> criminal syndicate and an off-backwater planet. <laughs> They don't care. They, they probably no ch- love the fact that there's a child competing. <laughs> they love it. They're like, ah, oh, you know, now we can bet on... You know, usually we can only bet on if like adults are killed. But now we can bet on if a child is killed. If a child kills an adult or an adult kills a child. That triples yeah. the potential bets. We, we are talking about a gang of criminals. 
We are talking about a gang of slug criminals. Slug criminals. Even worse. Yeah. Um, so Anakin is this very gifted pilot and mechanical skills. He's even almost built a uh, protocol droid that he's called <laughs> C-3PO. Not sure if you guys uh, recognize that. And um, Qui-Gon Jinn actually senses some sort of strong presence in the Force with Anakin um, while, he's, while they're at um, Anakin's house, which obviously we all know means he's going to be Darth Vader. But Qui-Gon Jinn doesn't know that. He's not even heard of Darth Vader because he's never seen Star Wars. What if there's Star Wars in Star Wars? I don't think so. <laughs> That's it. I don't think so. Before they... En- so they're going to enter Anakin in the pop race, basically, to try and win enough money. And the gamble they end up setting up with Watto, which also Qui-Gon Jinn cheats, and they, to make this work, is that if they win, if they win the pod race, they will get... Uh, the parts to fix the ship, and also well, the money Anakin, to pay for the parts, or the most paid parts, and Anakin freed, which they don't consult his mum. Obviously, she's happy he'll be freed, but they never ask. I think the first time she finds out he's going to be free is after he wins the pod race. Uh, which is yeah, yeah. They don't tell I mean, him until after. Come on, the Jedi. The Jedi are not. Well, they probably don't want to distract. From my him with perspective, it. the Jedi are evil. No, I'm, I'm sorry. The Jedi. He also the bit where he takes Anakin's blood without permission. Yeah, no, that to that test was the dodgy. Count. There's a lot about the Jedi that are dodgy. Anakin's also too young, isn't he? They say later at Jedi Academy, he's like eight. No, they say he's too old. He's too old. Sorry, yeah, he's too old. Which is they have to take really young kids. I, there's. Got to break them young. There's some shit where when you take. Oh fucking hell, Freddy. There's some shit where when you take it. Um, Take it as red. This someone was actually pretty fucking creepy. So now the the pod race is starting, and the pod race is oh no, Jock, Jock before before we get to the pod race, <laughs> he, okay, but we have to talk. Like before we get to the pod race, Anakin asks Shmi, who is Anakin's father? You mean Qui Gon asks? Qui Gon, <laughs> yes. Anakin Skywalker asks Shmi Skywalker, who is my daddy? And she says. Uh, Qui-Gon Jinn. There was no father. <laughs> yeah, Qui-Gon Jinn asks Shmi Skywalker, uh, who's, who's his dad, and she's like, there was no father. I didn't know this. Oh, you didn't know about the Immaculate Conception? No, and I paused <laughs> it. It was like, are you fucking kidding me, a virgin birth in Star Wars? He's Jesus. I mean, of course he's Jesus, but he's Jesus. Are you he is Jesus. Fucking... And then I'm thinking, like, you know, when he goes and kills the younglings in Sif, it's like if Jesus, when, when Judas betrayed them, he pulled out like a sword and went after all the apostles. <laughs> um, Didn't they say his power level's over 20,000 as well, which is just like, we're going to just double up on Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> Darth Maul is here now on the planet, and now the pod race can begin. We also see Sebulba, who's the best pod racer and like the rival of uh, Anakin, who's like a weird little spider goat man. He's a dog. He's CGI. He walks he on dog? his hands and he moves with his feet or, or grabs with his feet. He's gross and weird. Um, so the pod race is starting. You've got weird spider dog monster, Sebulba, who, by the way, also fucks. So it's also was old canon that he has had like constant, like loads and loads of kids from like shagging about that's also in canon um so so he has this race this race lasts for 40 minutes basically and we're not gonna go on and do go through the whole pod racing thing but freddie i mean we should talk briefly about pod racing i think it's that it's not terrible sequence it it's just a fun sequence it goes on too long and it does become i think pretty boring i I enjoy it i was uh, i was wondering that 
yesterday when I was watching it, I was thinking as it was coming up, I was wondering if I was going to enjoy it or if I was going to find it a bit boring. But no, I think it still holds I, up. I genuinely found it boring and I'm surprised by that. I, I wonder if, Is that controversial, would you say, in the Star Wars? Uh, I don't. I wouldn't say there's any particularly solid opinion on it. I think some people like it, some people don't. I do. I did like the two-headed commentator where one head speaks oh, yeah, yeah, and point. one head speaks basic or English is amazing. I love yeah, that. Yeah, cool. That's amazing. He does look like a germ in all those adverts when the surgeon <laughs> kills 99.9% of germs, though. Yeah. <laughs> toilet duck. But, um, cho- toilet wookie. <laughs> that's for unclogging drains left by, you know. I think that's wookie- for clogging drains. <laughs> yeah, toilet wookie. <laughs> just the ma- just all that hair. Yeah. They come out with, like, flags. He says, oh, look, this is so wizard. Anakin yeah, says. yeah, it was said is, a few times. I mean, this is so Jedi would be the thing. <laughs> no. Anyway, yeah, Jabba's coming out and he's watching. There's a baby greedo. There's so much going on. It's typical Star Wars, you know, scenes with loads and loads of characters, lots of different aliens and people in costumes. A lot of yeah, it, love it, not CGI, actually very good. Lots of bad CGI pod racing. Lots of aliens absolutely getting pasted, exploding, crashing, flipping over. I laughed every time that happened. It is those bits are pretty good. There's Tuscan Raiders sniping them throughout, yeah, just like camping an, out on the side taking pot shots. Like an obstacle, obstacle in Mario Kart. Some it's very weird, and also the subtitles. They drive past some ja- Jawas at some point. Jawas, and they say obviously Wootini, and Disney Plus is subtitled it Wahota, which is really weird. Anakin obviously wins, um, you know, and this is when Smee finds out for the first time he's going to be freed. And it is actually quite a nice, like, it's actually quite a sad scene in yeah. her house. Like, I think it's played really well between Jake Lloyd and... Um, I think other than the yippies and stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> genuinely, she's playing it really well. It's genuinely quite Yeah, tender. no, she's good. They are preparing to leave for Coruscant, but also without finishing C-3PO, but they also, he does leave C-3PO on. So yeah. C-3PO can live in his, like, to unfinished his pain forever. He can barely move. Anyway. No, he's, he's just naked. <laughs> oh, dear. My genitals are exposed. <laughs> yeah, so Maul approaches Darth Maul and, according to Disney+, Plus, speaks droid language, <laughs> which I really liked. And then they have a, a first, the first fight uh, with is Darth it, is it? Are you sure that's Darth Maul speaking and not the droids that fly past that are making noises? It just said speaks droid languages. It's, it's probably the droids. <laughs> I don't trust the Disney Plus subtitles. <laughs> I like that. I had no idea that that was a line that was Peter Serafinovich speaking in English and it was cut for droid language. Because <laughs> Peter Serafinovich, thought, apparently there was a six hour cut of this film, by the way, that, that Jake Lloyd said was amazing. Oh, God. I know. I, I know. How could it be longer? Anyway, um, I don't really remember much about this fight because it's so overshadowed by the, the bigger fight later. But it does seem like Qui Gon has a harder time in the Lego game than he does escaping here. I think they just take off for him to jump on. Qui Gon is a big Jedi Jedi boy jump. I love yeah. the Jedi jumps; they look so funny. <laughs> Eventually, they get back to Coruscant, skipping a bit, and I think Coruscant looks really cool. Like I really like the idea of Coruscant. It's like a city, yeah, yeah, planet. It just looks the CGI. I think looks really good on Coruscant. You can tell how much how much effort they've put onto it. Mm. Uh, I don't know, but when they're on the on the ground, maybe no. Well, I mean, the, yeah, the space. background always look a bit odd, but when it's just fully CG, Coruscant looks cool, or like out of a window and stuff. Yeah, and so we've now got effectively on Coruscant, we've got 
Natalie Portman, I forgot to mention, going with them for that whole Tatooine stuff, which shows how important <laughs> it is, is Natalie Portman playing the handmaiden of Queen Amidala, who's actually, in fact, Pap- uh, Amidala. So Natalie Portman in disguise and her bodyguard is disguised. Oh, I've not really explained. Very simple concept. I've really butchered it. Natalie Portman is there playing Queen Amidala, but she's disguised herself as her own body, her own handmaiden. And she's yeah. got, she went Tatooine with them. She's now with them on the ship here on Coruscant. Um, and, you know, we get some the, the exciting politics we've all been waiting for. You know, we've got Anakin in the Jedi Chambers, the Jedi Council kind of convening to determine whether Qui-Gon can train Anakin. We've also got the, the Senate debating. I think I've written here, this council scene has the momentum of a photograph. Yeah. It's just so... This is what they mean, isn't it, when people talk about the Phantom Menace as being quite laboured. Yeah. It's, it's these it's bits... the scenes of overly complicated terms of people yeah. just speaking, spewing random exposition that could be conveyed through much better manners. You don't need to show the, the council scene. You show Queen Amidala walking out really cross. Yeah, or yeah they do really not cross. need to show it. They could have covered it in another scene. Or just lots of cheering. Oh, I mean, don't also say, the way this, this scene is done, with all the different like floating platforms, it looks cool. Oh yeah, I liked it, the, the actual Senate chamber yeah. as a set. Absolutely been was ripped off by Doctor Who, the end, David Tennant's last episode, where all the Time Lords meet. Oh yeah. So these things, Phantom Menace should have just been loads of audio dramas instead of... Oh, please don't. A movie. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! That would have been awful. No, this is this is you take this story, you stretch it out over a TV series. That would have been even worse. Nah, I think you can make it better. It's six hours. It's a six-hour cut. It's like the Snyder cut, funny. Anyway, uh, this is where the Jedi Council are informed that they that Qui Gon Jinn thinks is a Sith, Darth Maul pursuing them, as if you know a, the demon man with the red lightsaber could have been anything else. I understand the Sith have been gone for a while. Well, I think it's it's supposed to have been a thousand years, so I don't blame them for not immediately seeing someone with a red lightsaber and thinking Sith. Like, they thought they didn't <laughs> exist anymore. Uh, no, but as we all know, they're all on um, that planet from the rise of Skywalker. Oh, Exegol. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's only two Sith, except for all these Sith. Yeah, I still don't think we really know... Who exactly? They were like that ghosts. Giant group they were like are. ghost things. I actually really. Oh no, they they're people. Cool. They're, they're, what? They're, they're alive. Yeah, they're real people. Oh, so they are Sith. No, they're like acolytes. They're just hey, that scene group is, is dumb, but it looks people. cool. <laughs> they're all Snoke clones. <laughs> anyway, so the Jedi Council debate. You know, Yoda, penis-headed one, Samuel L. Jackson, the the important ones. They all debate whether or not to allow probably need to train Anakin and they decide that not because he's too old he's too old and he's full of fear Yoda yeah no fear fear is not allowed because fear leads to anger fear which is leads the to hatred killer. which leads to to murdering all the younglings Yoda says he has like a clouded future I'm like yeah no shit fucking hell you're gonna go exile yourself to Dagobah because of this guy no one wants to be on Dagobah it's like Florida it's awful as is happening, we've got Sir Palpatine with Queen Amidala warning her, telling her you should call for a vote of no confidence in the Supreme Chancellor, Finis Valorum, because there's corruption in the Senate. And, you know, he's... Is he in, like, the pocket... Does he say he's in the pocket of the Trade Federation? Or just that, like, he can be manipulated by them easily? I think it's more that a lot of other people are in their pocket 
Um, so he has no power because they're effectively all banding together. But if you get a new Supreme Chancellor, he, he they can, can bring in like emergency measures or something. They could bring in someone who's able to gain favor with other people. I think Valorum's seen as a bit spineless. Yeah, he doesn't die, I don't think, in any of these. He just gets Valorum, exiled uh, in the end. He doesn't get ex- exiled, he just steps... Step, well, he, get, he, he I, gets fired. I remember... It's, oh yeah, it's the fact that Jar Jar Binks, after the prequels, gets exiled again. Oh to like, yeah. And just disappears from canon, just dies somewhere. And I think that I just find that so funny. Oh no, Jar Jar um, it becomes a like a street performer. What? He's seen after Return of the like Jedi as just like a no performer. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like a jester walker. type thing on the street. <laughs> He's a street walker. No street performer. <laughs> he was a street performer before as well. Before mm. the events of this film. Well, you know, you go back to what you're good at. <laughs> oh my god, Amidala isn't sure. Well, Amidala's stunt double isn't sure. So she. Goes to the Senate, puts their petition. The Senate votes against. Uh, she then calls for a vote of no confidence in Valorum. Amidala then is like, I'm going to return to Naboo to repel the invasion herself. Is it stupid or is it not stupid? What? I think that she goes brave. back. Yeah, I think it's it sort of makes sense in a way, even though it's I like, think it's oh, you brave. might get killed. There's nothing that's going... Like, everything's just stagnant here in this parliament. Nothing's happening. So if I mean, obviously, it, it would probably be preferable for the planet that she that she stayed where she was safe, but I completely understand her wanting to yeah. go back. They send the Jedi. Yeah, exactly. But also, and this is the bit I find so mind blowing, is Anakin and Jar Jar Binks go with them as well. Yeah, yeah. Anakin should that not is... be going with them. That is literally just a setup. To Jar Jar Binks stick is fair enough. In a, but... in a starfighter. Yeah, Jar Jar Binks is fair enough because he's going to go help. Convince yeah, no, the he makes sense because he's going for the gun guns. Oh, he doesn't. Yeah, you don't want to let him do anything, Freddy. Because he, like, touches things and they explode. He's like Bomber Man. You know, you got to be... Boomer Man. <laughs> boom, Boomer Man. <laughs> one more thing, because I'm just flicking through my notes so I can see bits that catch my eye. There's a Chosen One? Hmm. This is like, it's yeah, like Harry Potter. This is pre-Harry Potter. Is it? 1998, isn't it, Harry Potter? Yeah. So it was um... filming... I guess it depends on if you're considering just the Phantom Menace's release or if you're considering, like, George Lucas. Oh, yeah, because there's no an idea this is basically what he wanted to do with Star Wars at the start. He's got, yeah, all sorts of past versions of Star Wars that he wanted to do. I don't know when he first came up with the idea of a chosen one, but obviously Phantom Menace is the first time we see it. Oh, I think I think someone came up with the idea of a chosen one conceived by virgin birth about 2,000 years before. And then they explain what mitochondria, sorry, midichlorians are as well, <laughs> um, which are like, just for those who don't know before we actually move on, is like little organisms in everything that give you the force. Anyway, so they they get back to the boo, they try and find the Gungans, but all the Gungans are gone. There's a quote, one says, maybe they've taken the Gungans to the camps. George. 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 The camps. George. Instead, they're fairly sure he's gone to the Gungan sacred place where the Gungans always go and hide. Judge Binks takes them all there, and in the sacred place, there is a giant Buddha head, which makes me question so much about Star Wars. Maybe the Gungans are Buddhists? Then, I mean, clearly it's their sacred place. But then in which case, how do they know about Buddha if it's if this is a long time ago in a galaxy far, Maybe far away? Maybe Buddha is present in multiple galaxies. 
That actually is a lovely idea. Okay, so so they're at the sacred place. They're at the sacred place. The Gungans aren't sure about to trust them. But then this is when Hadmaiden Padme goes and says, I'm actually the real queen. She kneels is like, please, Brian Blessed, in the form of a slug. Please help <laughs> us. No, I'm Queen Amidala. You could be like Spartacus. No, I'm Queen Amidala. Yeah. Anyway, yes, they agree to help because that's how plots work. Naboo is now united to fight the Trade Federation. And they're also going to go and send some troops of Captain Panaka along with some others to go raid the camps, in um, which are like in feed in the central capital city. Well, no, their their plans to storm the palace to go after Gumroo. That's what I thought because in the Wikipedia it says that they're going to storm the Federation camps. Does this happen off screen? Um, unless... I think this happens off screen. Oh, maybe. Oh, yeah, no, because they get like pilots and stuff, don't they? Get they? a few people, yeah. yeah, yeah, and then they go. Oh, now they're talking strategy. Now they're talking strategy. So now they're right. talking how they're going to have the Gungan army get absolutely massacred as a distraction yeah. on the Windows XP screensaver by the bulk of the just so ridiculous saying it out loud that this, this other species can go be massacred as a distraction. They're going to distract the Trade Federation forces while the kind of a strike team of the Jedi and and, and um, the human Naboo pilots, Queen Amidala herself, an eight-year-old child, a small droid that can't go upstairs all these things are gonna go as a strike team to the city yeah they want to capture uh gun ray so that they can make him stop yeah. it and once they've stop captured it. him they'll um and then they, oh also they make jar jar binks a general and he faints oh yeah uh, and the subtitles of disney plus say he moans happens. <laughs> yeah and yeah, it's he does, doesn't one he? of the most upsetting things i've ever seen so we now get to see the Grand Gungan Army march out. This looks really it does shit. Look bad. It looks like Halo ODST. It looks like Halo 1. It's, it looks so, so rubbish. It's hilarious. Now, when they do scenes like this, it looks great. But yeah, the Battle of Hoth, which they did years before this, looks Love way better. Hoth. I don't remember it much because I've... That's from the fir- is that from the first half of uh, Empire Strikes Back? It's at the beginning of Empire, yeah. Uh, so now, and they activate, so the Gungan army have like a shield that protects them from only laser fire. The droids can straight up walk through the shield. Yeah. And so the droids, rather than come out, just stand there shooting at this shield they can't break for about, you know, half many hours. And then eventually, you know, the, the droids are activated, they come out and they march through the shields and then we have an actual fight. At the same time, what we meanwhile, see Meanwhile, in the palace... Meanwhile, in the palace, we've got, uh, they, they raid, they attack, they destroy a few droids... They get there really easily. They get to, like, the spaceship launching bay. Oh, yeah. They basically walk in to this bay and walk all the way up to those droids with all, with no no interference whatsoever. Anyway, you get loads of fighters taking off. Darth Maul shows up, and that's yeah. when Anakin ends up in a ship with R2-D2 and ends up flying off into space on auto-control. Yeah. So he's hiding in the ship, and then he activates it because there's droidic yeah. shooting at Padme and Co. Yeah, yeah. But he only accidentally closes the hood, but he's already taking off. I feel like R2 could have done that, though. No, I like, I like the idea of Anakin goes into space and his head explodes. <laughs> <laughs> that's, like, that's what you get. And that's it. That's why, the, that's why his future was clouded. Because he dies in about in the an hour, an hour, because you brought him to, to an real battlefield, race, to an actual war. It's so fucking weird. Um, anyway, and this is when Duel of the Fates starts up. Fuck, it is rad. <laughs> 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 
it, it's great. I hope it people is. enjoyed that. <laughs> Darth Maul, and so Darth Maul uh, with his double lightsaber, which hadn't been revealed earlier in the film. So it's cool. That makes sense now why he, he does like vroom, one lightsaber half comes out. You're like, okay, cool. Stuff. But then the second half comes out. It's like a bit of a delay, which makes it yeah. more effective for the audience to be like, oh shit. And because it looks cool as fuck. It does look fucking cool. It looks more <laughs> cool than Kylo. I like Kylo Ren's weird, like, crossbar lightsaber. Oh, yeah, no, I like his lightsaber, but, but I mean, um, just that, that double blade reveal is iconic. I do like the thing, though, that it's like, obviously, having those would just make it more likely you'd cut your own hand off. Really, no, a lot if more you're likely. A cool stuntsman. Not if you're, not if you're wide. <laughs> like, I can't remember who plays him. Adam Driver. Uh, Adam Driver. I, I said I said of once Adam Driver on one of these podcasts that he's a man built like a sexy fridge, and I don't I don't take it back. Anyway, so I think <laughs> just, we're just, just let's just gloss can, over that one. <laughs> yeah, please do. Uh, we'll divide into two. Uh, start off. Anakin in space is flying like a duck in water. He ends up entering the Federation's like droid control ship. How does this child get past all the defenses that the train pilots? Is it because he's just got the force? Uh, I I think so. Okay, well, he ends up in there. And blind luck. Yeah. And R2. Oh, yeah, R2-D2. The... I think R2 is just piloting the entire time. <laughs> Why did no one train R2-D2? I don't understand. R2-D2 needs some training. R2-D2 and the child end up in the droid control ship in their ship. And they he just basically shoots away. And he blows up this Trade Federation ship so thoroughly that he's able to, like, just fly out the wall or something? Is that what happens? He flies back out the way he came. Oh, does he? Oh, okay. I didn't see it. He, he, like, reverses. He turns around. He he skids along the floor, shoots the shield generator, and then gets back up and flies back out the way he came. Oh, okay. Well, he's a much cooler dude than I can. Oh, and then he shouts as he's exploding around him, now this is pod racing! If if I did a Star Wars podcast, right, I would absolutely call it. Now this is podcasting, except that it's a hundred percent certain someone's. I was going to say, that. I bet someone's already done that. <laughs> someone's already done that. And if they've not, do it. <laughs> now all the yeah, you do it. One of our seven listeners, and now back on. So back on. I was going to say Earth. Back on the boo. All the droids deactivate when they fall over and their heads fall off. How badly built are they? That they just like sing, are they like single use droids? Well, I mean, they're supposed to be cheap, so that they're. they're right. It's, um, you know, winning by numbers is their plan with the droids. That makes Cheap, sense. thick units. That makes sense now, because they are rubbish. And they look, I mean, they look, they look Flimsy. to me like they were invented for the Lego game. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Well, I like it. I, I, I like, I like the design. They, they look cheap and disposable yeah. because they're supposed to be. <laughs> and then instead we're going to get cheap, disposable living beings in the next film. <laughs> um, yeah, so then we have... This great fight with Darth Maul and uh, Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan Kenobi. You know, it's really well choreographed. Um, some amazing flips. I love how, obviously, they don't use their hands in any other way than the lightsaber battle. The lightsaber movement. Oh, no, great. there's some slaps and punches. Oh, and there's slaps. I didn't on. see them. Because I was going to say kick. Oh, yeah. Um, Qui-Gon bitch slaps Darth Maul, like, onto a low level. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't see. I, I I remember the bit where Darth Maul gets because Obi Wan Kenobi gets knocked off. Yeah, he does, and immediately after Qui Gon bitch slaps him all off the platform. I know it's a slap. I just thought it was like a knocked him down, almost like like punched him in the chest with the sort of hilt of his lightsaber. By the way, the the way that they mix in the non lightsaber stuff with the the kicks and the punches, or whatever, with the lightsaber, I just think is is really cool. And I get that that's like. That's sort of how Star Wars fights are. They're really martial arty and very choreographed, actually. And I get the appeal 
now from watching this somehow more than I've ever got the appeal from watching the four, five, and six. I think the fights and in seven, eight, each and of nine. the trilogies are, are very different. In the originals, they're a lot more stunted. They're a lot slower and heavier. I mean, the fight, I understand it's meant to be like that, but the fight in with Obi-Wan Kenobi and Darth yeah, Vader I mean, everyone goes is to one that. of the worst fights I've ever seen. Yeah, any. it's not a good fight. But then, yeah, and then the prequels, you've got super fast, super choreographed, and then in the sequels, uh, I appreciate they tried, they, do. they tried to make them, it look a bit more just natural at first but then i think it still went into the heavily choreographed I stuff really i mean you look know. at like the throne room fight from the last jedi and half the people I like, aren't even I landing amazing, if you look half the hits aren't even bloody landing on anyone because they're all just choreographed to yeah but work it looks so stuff. pretty and amazing it, no oh yeah the cinematography is amazing it's so cool I love that fight freddie don't do this to me um yeah so they anyway they keep fighting into the generator comp it's weird. Is it weird that the power plant is just coming off? It's just like, like in, a the, corridor in the palace, off, yeah, off from the palace and the, yeah, these giant walkways and stuff. It looks cool. It's a lot of map paint. Oh, definitely. It's, it's, it's another giant. one of those just <laughs> giant Star Wars death trap workplaces. Darth Maul knocks Obi Wan off a cliff, off a cliff, off a ledge, and then he gets knocked off the ledge. Um, all this fantastic music, in, and they get chased into kind of some random force fields that are just there for no reason. Yeah. Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan are separated by this force field. You've got Maul at one end, Qui-Gon Jinn in the middle, Obi-Wan at the other end. Qui-Gon Jinn is like, he just sits and like meditates, I guess, while waiting yeah. for the force. Just being chill. Uh, it's a nice moment. Liam Neeson does it really well. It's a moment that sticks out for me in the film. I mean, it's possible I really only remembered last third, because that's what I watched yesterday. <laughs> uh, Qui-Gon Jinn is able to get to Darth Maul, and they keep fighting right near this big hole in the ground, because again, Star Wars always has big holes in the ground everywhere oh, or yeah. big holes in like the side of a ship you know big holes in in alderaan holderaan holderaan that's what they called it and that was what the like um political satirists called it a millisecond <laughs> before they were vaporized so in this fight this is it this is the bit that i've seen in many a trailer many a compilation of best villain moments qui-gon jinn what uh, is like sort of stunned because more like punches him in the face by with a lightsaber handle, which is pretty great, and then just stabs Qui-Gon Jinn straight through the chest, mm-hmm. which makes Qui-Gon Obi-Wan immediately resort to anger, which is the thing he's not meant to do. Um, but it's fine because Obi-Wan Kenobi, and we know he doesn't. But then this part Vader. of the fight is the coolest looking bit. It is. Fight, it is. Obi-Wan awesome. just goes mental. They're properly slashing at each other. I didn't notice this. He chops. He chops Darth Maul's lightsaber in half, in half yeah. so it's like a normal lightsaber. Yeah. That's amazing. I didn't see that. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, it's like a precursor to when Darth Maul gets cut in half. It's like to add Possibly. insult to injury. Maul almost wins. He does. By pushing Obi-Wan Kenobi off into the hole. And he just about grabs on. Obi-Wan you know, just about manages to grab something, you know, climb back up. At this point, he's lost his lightsaber as well. But Obi-Wan briefly realises he mustn't resort to anger. And despite not having the high ground... He doesn't have the high ground. There are no younglings that have been killed to inspire him. Um, does he know at that point on Mustafa? What, about the younglings? Yeah, he yeah. knows before that. Oh my god. I guess that is why he, you know, cuts him in half. He cuts him- Wait, does he cut him in half as well? No, he cuts his two of his legs and... Well, two of his legs. Both of his legs and one of his arms <laughs> off. Anakin Skywalker was famous for having, having like, spider legs. 
it, that was the reason Sebulba hated him because they had actually that in common, and it was like you know, back to the fill. No, <laughs> I want to talk more about Sebulba. I love him. Um, Sebulba is my friend. I don't want to go back to the film because the coolest character dies now, Freddy. Well, he's already been stabbed. No, that's Qui Gon Jinn. Oh, Maul. Obi Wan Kenobi, yeah, has carved himself. He jumps over Maul. Oh, and he brings up Qui Gon Jinn's lightsaber. Yeah, uh, and stabs him in the back and Slices cuts him, him in half. half. Cuts him in half, which, by the way, was not the original cut. I think originally they didn't have him sliced in half, um, but they wanted it to be like this guy can never ever come back and then he did which is exactly why george lucas then later personally asks people to bring back darth maul darth maul in two delicious slices tumbles down this shaft anyway now qui-gon is really qui-gon because he's dead um and he tells thank you very much he tells he's become um, obi-wan with the force not yet and anakin skywalker is walking on sunshine after he kills those younglings he won't, be, he won't be skywalking after his legs get cut off. Anyway, um, yeah, so Obi-Wan's dead. No, Obi-Wan's alive. Qui-Gon is dead. Obi-Wan will train Anakin as, as his Padawan. Obi-Wan is obviously quite upset because Liam Neeson's died and he had looked great with that long hair. And there's a really interesting bit that here where so they're in the Jedi Council Chamber. Yoda gives Obi-Wan the rank of Jedi Knight and has to then argue to be able to train Anakin. The bit I like that happens i think it's with mace windu after qui-gon jinn's uh funeral where he's like cremated and you see some more again like more cgi characters being sad over like cartoons grieving for liam neeson mm-hmm. mace windu and yoda agreeing it's the sith but they're not being sure because there's always there's always there are always two master and apprentice and the idea like which was it i thought that was a really cool line yeah it's a good line and now we have, as Star Wars loves to do with its its like end of its movies, a massive victory parade um, with oh, all the characters yeah. and a great song. Oh, the song is so good, isn't it? It's very. The good. song is banging. They, you know, they're having this party. Everyone is here, just like in Super Smash Brothers. Anakin's got his rat tail. The bit I love in this is, so it says on on the Wikipedia. The film ends with Queen Amidala presenting a gift of appreciation and friendship to Boss Nass and the Gungan people. But what it is, is a big glowy she orb. gives him a big glowing orb. He holds it up and goes, peace! And that's the film peace. ends. What? Can you, can you shed any light on that, Freddy, at all? I think it's pretty self-explanatory. They're just uh, having a joyous celebration over peace. And the ball? The ball is... Peace. I don't know. I don't know what the ball <laughs> I don't is. Know what the ball I have no fucking clue. <laughs> the ball is my favourite thing from I think the entire movie, and that is uh, the end of Phantom Menace. I am actually glad I have seen this film now. What did I text to you about it? Something oh, like? Oh yeah. No, I did want to let me read this out because you want to read it while I, I said I, it. Okay. I, I really liked it. Um, you said, "Well, I've just finished it, and I sort of loved it and hated it." It's so weird and terrible, and the plot is like sort of very simple and yet somehow way too complex. And the CG is so shit, but also it has a charm about it I can't really explain. And I said that is the best way to sum up the prequels, because it is. I I know this is not meant to be the worst. This is the Attack of the Clones, right? Is the worst of the prequels, is that right? In in my opinion, I think. I guess in a lot of people's. Did people's thoughts change? I think this one's more boring, 
but I think Attack of the Clones is just a shit show for the most part. There's still bits I love about it, but as a as a film, it is dreadful. I don't know if it's all the painkillers I've been on over the last few days, but I right. I actually really liked watching this film. I enjoyed it. I, cause I, re- I also really enjoyed watching Rise of Skywalker. And Rise of Skywalker was one of the first times watching a movie where I went, oh, this is actually bad. <laughs> like, I'm watching this, like, it's not like Last Jedi. We're not going to have a discussion about Last Jedi now, but Last Jedi, like... It, I think it takes you sit back and go, okay, well, this doesn't quite make sense. Why does this happen than this? You have to actually, I think, think about it a bit more. Mm. Whereas Rise of Skywalker is literally just events just sort of happen and it's MacGuffin-y and the cuts are weird. And it's 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 similar to this in, in lots of respects, I think. It's really odd. Yeah, there's not much more to say necessarily on, on Phantom Menace that hasn't been said before, really. I'm a yeah, Star Wars I novice, mean... and that's where the interest comes, I think. I'd say Roger Ebert, the most, one of the most famous, well-respected film critics of all time, really yeah. liked this film. He used to rate things out of four, Freddy, and he gave this a three and a half out of four. That's very impressive. It is impressive. He said it's an astonishing achievement in imaginative filmmaking. Well, now, to end on, Freddy, you don't know this because you're usually on, on, usually on the podcast, but we do occasionally some little games. So I have a very short little game for you, Freddy. Go on, then. Star Wars or Earthworms? Earthworms. I'm going to give you five names of either an, a species of worm or an alien race from Star Wars, and you uh, have to tell I me which I it is. I think I can already imagine one that's coming up. Pogonophora. Ooh. I mean, that sounds like you've just made up a word with pog in it. <laughs> That's true, it does. I love the pogs. Pogs. Uh, They're pogs. Ooh, pog It's not pog I, I have never heard that, so I'm just going to say worm. It is it is a worm. It's, hey. They're called beard worms. Weird worms. I don't worms. know why. No, beard all, worms. Oh, I was going to say all I worms I are weird. I didn't. They're all weird. I hate worms. They're gross and weird. I didn't look up. I really do. That's a whole separate podcast and how much I hate worms. But uh, <laughs> I didn't look up what they look like because I, they disgust me so much. Ask a giant. Star Wars. Uh, correct. you know where they feature? Can you spell that for me? A-S-K-A-J-I-A-N. Oh, no. I, I can't say I, I do know they one of So the one, there's one of them is a dancer in Jabba's Palace and the New Hope, uh, or which, whichever one. And I think it's New Hope, but presumably a... they were replaced by horrific CGI. Oh, wait, is it Cy Snootles? <laughs> Excuse me? Oh, no. Oh, no, that just looks like a a normal person. Excuse me, is it Cy Snootles? Cy you can't just ask me a question like that and not explain. Google Cy Snootles after this. Don't want to. <laughs> I want to react to Size Noodles at least. Let me let me have a look. Size Noodles. Oh, oh yeah, this is the CGI monster mm. that I saw. Oh, was it originally practical? And then they replaced. Yeah, it was originally with CGI. practical. Oh my god, it's the worst. Why would you not replace it with something else? Special <gasps> edition. Size Noodles is in the game. <laughs> Play as Size Noodles. <laughs> I hate Size Noodles and I love Size Noodles. I want to, you know, give those lips a little. No. Size Noodles is like a not offensive jinx. <laughs> right? Okay, so so worm three. Okay, three more, three more left. <laughs> the Hanemfa. Spell that for me again. Hanemfa. Hanemfa. H N E M T H E. Worm? 
Star Wars. Ooh. They're like some kind of devil cow with sharp tongues, and I think they're H-N-E. in like the background of one And a nymph. There we go. Oh, they don't look like cows. They, they look, know, like they look like crows. Do they look like crows? I thought they were like cows. Kinda. They look like a reptile bird. Well, in their in their description, it says distinguishing characteristics: sharp tongue. I don't know if we're looking at the same description here. Are you on Wikipedia? Yeah, yeah. Well, you're looking at the same description as me. Oh, I see. You're you're on the canon one. I'm on the legends one. I didn't know there were two separate ones. No, I'm now on the worm four. Yeah, worm four. Analida or Analida. Don't know how it's pronounced. Uh, I don't know. Analida. Uh, worm. Come on. <laughs> worm. It is a worm. Annelids hey. are a type of worm. They're segmented worms, which I think is probably most worms. They're gross. Uh, last one. Didynon. D-I-D-Y-N-O-N. Star Wars? Star Wars. But sadly, it's from The Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> but it is look cute. Look up, look up at Didynon. They're cute. They're cool. I like them. Didynon. I really like whatever, um, whatever uh, yeah. Unkar Plut is. And I also like whatever that little guy is from Rise of Skywalker. The little Which the little puppet. Little the little oh, puppet. What? Um, that's with that character that's not a character. Called, the <laughs> Don't guy. know. Oh my god, I've forgotten his name. <laughs> he says his name, doesn't he? He does, that's all he says. <laughs> puppet lovely little oh, puppet, Rise of god, Skywalker. Here we go. Uh, Babu Freak. Oh yeah, Babu Freak. Oh man. Um, he is great. I actually I mean that Babu Freak, right? He genuinely looks quite free. good. Bobby Frick, is it? Oh, well, I'm passing Bobby Frick. <laughs> um, the Rise of Skywalker podcast could happen. Never. That's never happening. That's um, fine by me. Who knows if you'll be invited back? Oof. No. That was that was lovely having you on the show. I hope. Oh, thank is, you for having me. You're welcome. Thank you so much for giving your time and talking to me about something, talking to the audience about something you really, I know you really, really love, even though you don't get to cover your actual favourite ones. <laughs> and me and the main host will be back soon hopefully so thank you very much for listening uh you know goodbye from me goodbye from Freddy. yo yo or goodbye yo yo well the thing is about yo-yos is that they they go oh, they always come but back then they they come back that's a that's a well that's a boomerang the ones Ominous that always come back. well i mean a yo-yo is <laughs> on a string i feel like that's more likely to come back it's not it's not exactly getting away from you you know what you've got me there i only play with my yo-yos in that vine where there's the child running with a knife and his mum shouts no that's not to do with Star Wars unless he's a young Link. <laughs> Actually, a baby with a knife is very similar to Anakin Skywalker when you Maybe. think about it. It all rhymes, Freddy. Oh dear. <laughs> oh dear. Well, thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Every time I snap my fingers, there's a podcast released about Star Wars.